and, and the big question for me there is, is Coach K going to want to go to South Dakota to do this event that was supposed to be in, in, in the Atlantis? See, I'd like to go to that because that's the, that's the state I need to get my 50 states of no. uh, a sporting event. That's I'd it? love to go to that. Really? That's I the got last 49 one? states with a sporting event. Wow. And the only one I don't have is South Dakota. Well, maybe you can finagle your way into that this year. I, 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 as soon as I saw that, I got very excited. going to take it. in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right right. to it. Uh, Welcome into another edition of the Ryan and Goodman podcast. He's Bob Ryan. I'm Jeff Goodman. And, uh, Man, do we got a lot to talk about, Bob. Um, it was uh, fascinating earlier this week. Well, you know what they Double, say? Right? You know what they say in Clipperland? Plus ça chose, plus c'est la même chose. I don't know what that means. That means uh, we screwed up again. <laughs> that means that the more things change, the more they stay the same. That is the literal translation. Plus ça change, plus c'est la même chose. And uh, the Clippers are the Clippers – are the Clippers is, is a, a theme that is not going to go away now. It, even no Donald Sterling, right. no, no, no. Can't blame it no. on Donald. I mean, and you know how I feel about Doc. I am very proprietary to a Doc Rivers. We both I are. Him, we both I love him. him a friend. Yeah. And I feel terrible and because it's just on his resume, and it's, it, it's a blot on his resume. Uh, you know, and it's that they had, I mean, how many excuses can we make for them? They were healthy. Right? They didn't have that health, that excuse. No, they had three double digit leads. Right. Whopping double digit leads twice, 19 and 20. 12, all right, first quarter, third game, that's nothing. But they still, they had a double. And in all this, couldn't do it. All right. So if you're putting the blame game here, you got to put a lot on Doc. Probably the majority, don't you have to put on Doc Rivers for not figuring out the, the strength of Doc Rivers has always been to figure out chemistry, to figure out personalities, to manage those egos. That is Doc's biggest strength as a human being, as a coach. And he wasn't able to do it with this team. What does that say? Does that say that we have to look inward to some of the the Patrick Beverleys, the Lou Williams, who we had Doc on this podcast, and he crushed Lou before he got him. He said, I didn't want Lou Williams on this team, but I've really come to really uh, love coaching Lou. You know, is this the right team for Doc? I figured he'd figure him out. I, I didn't think I this would be the issue. I did not. I thought they had it figured out. We did after that last series. And, they're, okay, they're fine. They're going to be good. Individually, Paul George, it starts with him in terms of individual talent and, and, and underperformance. It has to start with Paul George. Lou Williams himself was not the Lou Williams of the, of the uh, six-man, the two six-man awards. The reigning six-man award fell down. Yeah. Didn't do him much. Yeah. He uh, came back. He had a little bit of an excuse because, yeah. you know, death in the family. He came yeah, to right. the bubble late. I mean, listen, the one thing I'll say to all this is I think we forget that that they're dealing with the bubble here. They're, we're dealing with – sometimes we just – I think we all forget sure. how unique a circumstance this is and how that affects these guys on and off the court, right? They don't have their families around. 
They've been without him for months. Now they get him back. You know, I don't know. I feel like, why are we surprised? Why are we really surprised that something like this happened? Yeah, and, 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 right, and George came out public about a problem coping with the whole thing uh, as, as well. Um, I guess you're right. We took it for granted. When we, when we see people come through, with, when you see Jamal Murray do the stuff he does, you, you, you get swept away, right? I mean, what a, what a resume he's building in this postseason. Huh? He's been the biggest surprise for me, Bob. Like early on, it was like, you know, T.J. Warren was obviously a huge yeah. surprise early in the bubble. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was a huge surprise early. But when it's mattered, Jamal Murray has turned into a guy now. And I always knew he was terrific on the offensive end. I thought he was a major liability. Still not great on the defensive end. But who cares? When you score 40, it doesn't matter. As long as you're not giving up 30, you're yeah. okay. And, and, but Jamal Murray is not a great, great athlete. And what he can do in terms of not even needing space uh, to yeah. be able to score. Yeah, it's a gift. And, and using angles and, and being a cerebral scorer. Uh, he's elevated his stock, his game, uh, especially from a mental standpoint, where now you, like, trust them. Game on the line, big games. Oh, yeah. You, you completely you, trust Jamal Murray now. <laughs> you do. And, of course, the other guys, Jokic and – And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens now because – that this is a very different opponent he's playing with very different physical uh, circumstances that he's going to be confronting at both ends of the floor, you know, and uh, it'd be very interesting to see how this all matches up. I know his start, uh, they, he has not had big numbers against the Lakers uh, com- compared to some of his other opponents. So it's going to be interesting because that's right. They got to have that kind of production from him. Uh, if I, 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 we may have mentioned this last week, but I, I get a, as soon as I see him winding up on that wrong, the wrong foot, yeah. For that step back, Bob Cousy one-hander from 19 that we last saw when Cousy retired in 1963, and I, I and from Amazing. incredible distance, and right on <laughs> three-point shot. Right. It's, right. It's, so anyway, uh, but he his passing is superb. Now that shouldn't change, but um, and he score over length. Right, yeah, that's that's exactly. the big thing with Anthony Davis is is yep. you know. Jokic is, is not a guy, obviously, we know he's limited athletically. You put a guy with that length and that ability to move laterally. What I think uh, Jokic has to do is, is really um, in, impose his physical will um, on, on Anthony Davis and get down there and try to, you know, try to battle him and try to push him around and maybe get him in foul trouble because I, I, that's, that's his biggest advantage, right? Get him the ball in the post when he can overpower Anthony Davis or pass it out of the that, – that's the beauty of him. You double yeah. him, he, he's going to pick oh, you. Oh, double apart. is a – that's a, your own death sentence. Uh, he'll kill you. He'll right. pick you apart if you double him. There's no doubt about that. I mean, and they, give them a chance? Play. They've do learned – they have so a well. chance, Bob? Do, do, does Denver have a legitimate shot, or are we just hoping this thing goes six or seven? I think more probably the latter. Uh, I'm a percentage chance guy uh, when in these matters, so – 40, 60. That's a high percentage. That's actually way better than – They're playing so well, but it's probably uh, excessively optimistic. There's no reason to doubt the Lakers, particularly with the advent. If if this is the way Rondo's going to play, and and that includes even making a shot every now and then, uh, uh, that's that's a dimension that we did not anticipate or have any on our radar screen when the whole thing started. He's home with a broken thumb. 
and and you know, and they're lamenting no Avery Bradley, no no Rondo, and no one when you're going to get Rondo, and and we've got not just a a nice gotten playoff Rondo, playoff, got playoff Rondo. Rondo. I know. I mean, out of, out of nowhere, really, this is not when we thought we'd get playoff Rondo. We thought no, we were past that. No, point. and and so. Uh, but the Lakers are sitting. They they don't. Well, I mean, they don't have Bradley. But this is the team that they've got together now, and and you gotta like them. You gotta favor them. Is do you have the same level of? I, I don't. I mean, I'm intrigued by Denver. They're a cool story. I love them because they're the underdog now. So I think a lot of people will be rooting for them because, you know, to some people, the Lakers are are this team that was just put together by an agent to some degree, which they were. <laughs> and, and and they're 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 either lovable or hateable. I don't know if they're like the New York Yankees of old, but they're certainly you got a lot of people that hate them. Do you have more intrigue because it's Denver in a way than the Clippers because people are pulling for them? You know, almost like the David Goliath no, type deal. No, no, I like it because I love Jokic particularly, and and I'm I uh, I don't know Mike Malone, but I knew Brendan, and I'm you know so I'm. I'm, Wasn't I'm Mike pulling. Malone a Worcester Academy guy, Bob? I was he? he I don't know. I have to check. I just know, you know, but I was friendly with Brendan, his, his dad, in the day in Detroit, particularly, and, and so forth. So I'm, I always – he was really a guy. I really enjoyed being around. So I, I, I want to like Mike Malone. No, it's, it's, it's the, 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 the L.A. thing was the thing we were – the neutrals were hoping for, you know. So th- there's not much doubt about that. And we also know – I'm keeping my ears open – and eyes open on the for the conspiracy theorists as this thing goes along. If we got some controversial officiating that favors the Lakers, watch out. Get ready. Brace yourself because you know what they're going to say, that the networks want the Lakers in that finals, and the league wants the Lakers in the finals. You're going to hear – just brace yourself for that. Hey, can I ask you something? Um, as somebody who's covered the game for so long, um, for me to watch – LeBron and, and all these stars bitch and moan and complain to the refs after every single call. It is unbearable. I, I, I can't stand it. I can't deal with it. Um, has this always been going on? Like, I don't remember it ever being this bad. And, and like back when, you know, Larry and magic and those guys, did they do this? There were selective individuals always, you know, and, um, but, no, uh, not to, not as as universally done as as it's. I must say, um, I must be like I must have a filter. I'm I'm not worrying. It doesn't bother me too much. Really? But no, and I haven't seen it. No, I haven't been as affected as you obviously are with it. Uh, but the fact is, it is more widespread than it once was. It was certainly always coaches, and you know, hey, Red, you know, come on, and Red and Sid Borgia, hilarious, you know. There's great stories about that, and uh, uh, and players. I remember. I remember early on in my. You know, I go back to 1969-70, and, and Oscar was still, you know, very much a force. And and the joke was that Oscar Roberts has been in the league, fill in the blank years, he's never committed a foul. You know, that was the joke in the league. And Rick Barry inherited that mantle as well. But, um, no, Larry, Larry and neither Larry nor Magic were perennial uh, moaners that I know right. of. Larry, no, really? They weren't famous for that. No. I don't remember no. Larry. Like, no. Gay was. Larry never talked like, about the officials. Yeah, most no. of the guys. I, I just feel like – We've talked about this, and I, I've, I've come out and said it publicly, that like Jason Tatum, to me, just moans and, and whines way too much after every call. And I'm, I've talked to him about it, and now I get it, Bob. I get it because these kids grow up watching LeBron, watching Harden, watching Westbrook, and, and they see them whine after every call and talk to the refs. And, and I think that's where Tatum gets it from. They, well, they, now – we have a new phenomenon that you wait for, which is a play will happen, 
and they'll blow the whistle and or, or, or they won't blow the whistle and the guy will be running to the bench. Come on, let's go. Give me the, that's the latest thing is that, that, now that is what drives me crazy is the, the immediate reaction, you know? <laughs> well, all right. So, so uh, the reaction, uh, Magic Johnson reaction was, it was the best defensive play he's oh. ever seen in NBA playoff history with Bam Adebayo blocking Jason Tatum, meeting him at the rim. It was a sensational block. It was of its type, of its type. There's, yeah. You know, there's the rundown. The rundown play that we all know was LeBron, okay, on the, on the Warriors, right, on the Iguodala. Yeah. That's the rundown, which is, by the way, I, I said at the time, and I know people, youngins don't want to hear it, it was fantastic. Bill Russell made 20, 30, 40, 50 of them, right? <laughs> including one in 1957 that the people who saw it will say 63 years later was the greatest play they ever saw when he ran down Jack Coleman from the other end of the court. Anyway, but this is denial. This is the best denial play in a context, saving a game yep. that you'll ever see. You can't do better. Jason Tatum's was a foot above the rim at the time, right? That arm was a foot above the rim with force. He's going to jam it. It's going to be tied. And Bam said, uh, no, 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 not on my watch. And here's the thing I was most impressed with in retrospect. He blocked it with his off hand. He's right-handed. He blocked it instinctively with his left hand, which is a, a, an ability that not everybody has. And most people don't have it, and they would have reached over and maybe he would have fouled him, you know. But, no, he blocked it instinctively with his, with his off hand. Which, and, and it is – we had a wonderful – I'm sure the photo – it was an AP photo, so it probably was all over the country. We posted in the Globe this AP photo. It was a perfect photo, and it's a perfect – you can see there isn't the slightest possibility – that any reasonable ref could not, you know, could blow the whistle. That was a perfect, it's a perfect block. So in context, saving the game, I, uh, that type, but I got to say, we got to separate the rundown yep. block that yep. LeBron made and call them, you know, separate but equal, whatever, one and one A, but it was a phenomenal play. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Game spreads, totals, to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. Head up to BetOnline online today. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This was the Bam out of bio that I always expected in the NBA. I, I really right, did. How, how so, far back do you go and, and sophomore do you year? seeing Bam out of bio? Yeah, sophomore year of high school, um, after that sophomore season, you know, he was a guy that was among the best in the country. And uh, just what you're seeing now, a, yeah. a warrior, a, a guy who just is a physical freak, who plays hard, um, who's terrific on the defensive end. Uh, who plays with some enthusiasm, always off the court. He's got some of that same enthusiasm, a likable, likable kid who I thought at Kentucky just didn't, didn't fit, didn't play that well, was kind of <laughs> underwhelming. And, you know, most people felt like he was going to be a top five pick coming out of college. And uh, he ended up going, I think, kind of somewhere in that 10 to 15 range. But I think you're starting to see now 
his value because he is that that hard playing versatile big the only thing he doesn't do well yet is step out and make yeah. you're not seeing that they don't really need it that much but I'll tell you what he'll he'll get that he'll get that in the next couple of years and if he does this Miami yeah. team could take another step I think yeah, if you really. had that now you would be talking about Miami because they don't have they don't have one guy I know Jimmy Butler was that guy the other night and he has been that guy that has made plays with the game on the line, right? But yeah. Jimmy Butler's oh, yeah. not a guy that you trust. He's not a top 10 offensive player in the game, um, but he's tough. Obviously, he's got that, that shit to him, that mental toughness. He wants the ball. That last play against Tatum w- was ridiculous. He's not getting enough credit for that, by the way, because the block has become the topic. The block is everything. Let me tell people – uh, you'll see if you didn't see the game and you might read a, an account and they'll say he drove for uh, against Tatum for a three-point play like it was la-di-da. Yes. Oh, no, 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 no. Tatum was on him and he's taller. He's three inches taller and he's a great athlete. He was on him. And Jimmy Butler did, you know, all, all, everybody who's played basketball should appreciate how great a, a difficult uh, a shot that was for him to finally make and, and, and in the contest. That was not easy. He was able to maneuver, manipulate himself and make that play and have the strength to break through. It was a great, a great shot. Sure was. Well, not a routine layup, folks. It was a hell of a play. And uh, it was, and right after we made that three-pointer in the corner, too. But the fact is, with that, that play isn't getting enough credit for how, how clutch that was. That was a great drive for that three-point play. Were you yelling at your TV at the end of regulation uh, when Tatum took the long? Not only was I yelling on that one, but there was a previous bad possession when Kemba was dribbling. And I, had, I, I was sitting there going, yelling. I did. I literally, I swear to God, I did yell at the TV, Kemba, 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 you know, before he got off a, the useless shot. Yep. And, and Tatum, no, with this, uh, there's been very good coverage today. You know, they, they got away from moving the ball. They got away from being with him. They went back to hero ball. Bob, Bob here's the problem. And, and nobody's talked about this enough. If you have Gordon Hayward on the floor, the ball moves. The ball moves more. They really missed Gordon Hayward in, in game one, and they're going to miss him in this series. I, I don't think he's going to play game two. No, no, he's not. And the big question now is, does he go home? I think this is going to be a, a you know, six or seven game series. Does Gordon Hayward have to go home? And it's in about 10 days, not even. I think it's a week that his wife is due with their child. I've heard conflicting reports. Some people are telling me he's not going to leave the bubble. Other people are telling me he's probably going to go home. Uh, that's well, a obviously I don't have right. Obviously I don't know, but I know that before the thing started, it was a given that he would go home, and and that's before he got hurt. You know, and, and that and changed the whole narrative here. But um, you know, I don't, obviously I don't know, but uh, uh, it's the it's what people do now. You know, and I, I totally respect it. And, and I, I know that Brad will give us this certainly seal of approval and, you know, and Danny and everybody else and all the teammates, I think that's the world we're living in, but, but uh, boy, timing, you know, just remember go guys. But no, first of all, it, this wouldn't have been an issue under any other year that a birth, an NBA player's wife having a baby in the middle or end of September. Yeah. Nobody big deal. deal. That's, Nobody. that's a per- great applaud them for great timing. Generally, we don't even know it. It's probably happened. No, you would applaud them. They, they got it. They, they figured this out, right? I mean, who knew it was going to be in the, in the NBA, you know. Right, like Gordon planned it right. At the time, 
you kind of planned it right, but obviously it didn't work. So there's out. no lesson. There's no yeah. No, there's, this is just circumstantial. But but seriously, it's a great question. I, and obviously, we, I do not. How much do they miss him though, Bob? I guess is uh, what I'm getting to because for me, you have a lot of that 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 one-on-one isolation now at the end of games when if you put Gordon out there, not only is he another weapon, but yeah. he might be their best ball mover. I, I think yeah. he is their best ball mover on the team to be able to kind of keep this thing going because really the biggest strength of the Celtics is they can put four guys on the court, certainly, and, and Tice, who knows, right? But you can put four guys on the court that are all weapons at the end of the game to take the final shot. Now, you want Tatum probably to take it more times than others, but I want the ball in Kemba's hands. I know he's been pretty bad in the series, but, Bob, I'd rather have the ball in Kemba's hands to try to figure out what to do at the end of the game. And when you have Hayward, it's just another option. He can give it to, and Gordon's not a guy that's going to force it. He might move it again. So that that's where they were in this spot last game, and they're going to be in it again in this series. Well, where they're so reliant on isolation, whether it's Kemba or Tatum. Well, that's the thing about it. It's a series. That's the thing that, that it's a series. And, uh, you know, I've been watching them now up close and personal for literally 50 years. And the, uh, you know, the, if the, the proper adjust, adjustments are made all the time. It's, these series become chess matches. I'm sure that they're going to recognize, I would think, I would like to think that Brad has got them think, uh, you know, looked at this and said, oh, identify this, this was an issue and say, well, it's not going to happen again. You mentioned Kemba. He's on a five for 34 tailspin on threes right now that can't continue if they're going to win this series period okay period cannot cannot if he's not going to start making some shots when i know you know we we attribute the previous series they the boxing one all right but you know you still got to figure something out and and dragic has been good that's the problem better than this you're losing that matchup i know it's not a a head-to-head always but but you're losing that matchup of kemba and dragic and you can't like you got to win that one yeah, you got to win it. Or at least, my God, you can't get uh, played as badly. You know, Dragic, of course, you know, you and I know people should know Dragic. It's not a shock that he's playing well. He's good. He's a good basketball player. Really good. And, and really. Uh, he's hurt the Celtics in the past. Yeah, but, you know, you, you, 21 and 7, you know, 7 being rebounds, by the way, <laughs> uh, um, for a point guard, pretty good. No, right. He, uh, he dominated that matchup. But I, I like to think that Kemba is going to snap out of it. Uh, and, but if he doesn't, then they're not going to win. He's never been a great shooter, perimeter shooter, but we've seen him get better and better. And I think he shot maybe 38% most of the year this year. And he had, he had stretches where he was absolutely terrific. Um, listen, if Marcus Smart didn't play well in game one, the Celtics would have been absolutely uh, yeah. pummeled. They, they would have never had a chance. So now I just feel like without Hayward, your margin for error is much smaller and you needed Marcus Smart. Like you can't have – Two guys, two of your top four, not playing well, which is what they really have with Kemba and Jalen Brown. Neither one played well. So then you have to have Tatum and Marcus Smart. And Tice, Tice was actually fine. He kind of neutralized Bam for most of the game. He's um, been playing very, very well. The one, he's, not the, he's not the problem. He gets in foul trouble, and sometimes it's not always his fault. I don't think he's got the sufficient respect uh, the officials uh, that he should have for, you know, for marginal contact, shall we say, you know, very marginal contact. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, so they, they need him. No, it's going to be, you know, I, I think it is des- destined for six or seven for sure. Uh, and Miami, the more you see Miami, though, the more you, you know, uh, Tyler Hero, uh, you only had 10 points, but boy, they seem like it doesn't, sometimes 10 seems like 20 
and it, they, 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 they were heavy-hitting baskets. You know, they hurt you. I don't know how he fell to, to late lottery in, in the NBA draft. Like, I can never figure that one out. Like, to me, Tyler Hero, what is he? he he's got the size. He can shoot the shit out of it. He's fearless. He's tough. He can put it on the floor some. He's pretty athletic. Like, it just makes no sense to me sometimes how a kid like that. And that's where Miami has done an unbelievable job. And it, listen, uh, the Celtics are lucky they're not getting the Kendrick Nunn um, that played during the season that yeah. obviously was away from the team for a while um, and, and, and isn't himself because he was one of the best rookies in the – Oh, he was a, he was a stunning – Right, they got Robinson off the floor. By the way, Rob, uh, Bob, I uh, took a drive with the family a couple weeks ago to Newcastle, uh, New Hampshire, up here, uh, the home of Duncan Robinson. No. I don't know his address, so I didn't know exactly where he grew up. I probably should have texted him. Yeah. Uh, but we drove around. It was with my, when my parents were up here. We took a drive to Portsmouth, New Hampshire for lunch, and, uh, and Newcastle's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we drove through, up and around it, and uh, it's amazing to me that that's where Duncan Robinson grew up. I mean, there's like no playgrounds, nothing. Really? I, I texted him and I'm like, where, or maybe yeah. I asked him on the pod. I can't remember, but where did you play? And, and you know, like there's no playground really in, in Newcastle. You had to go to Portsmouth, New Hampshire, or probably wow. even further than that. It makes the story even more amazing. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, it's a wonderful saga. Now, you know, we're, we keep close tabs on, on Ryan Goodman podcast guests. Don't worry. Right. We, we were very, you know, we were very proprietary towards our guests. He, he didn't have a great game, but, he'll, he'll, you know, there's a 20-point game waiting to happen there somewhere in this series before it's over. You know that. We know it. So, you know, uh, no, it, it's, it's going to be th- – the Celtics, they'll have to feel that they, had, they let one get away. They did. Yeah. Even though, even, even though they were, you know, they were up 14 early in the fourth. It didn't feel like that, but they let one get away. And, and, and right, bad, some bad possessions. And then, of course, uh, – a great, a great, two great plays. Let's say Miami, how often we talk about it in the end, the coaches talk, they made a play. They made the big plays, the wow. big play. Butler's three in the corner, Butler driving to the hoop, and Bam making the big play. That They they made the big plays. No question. All right, well, let's finish it off with college hoops. We've got a start date for college hoops. November 25th is the start date, hopefully. Um, and now uh, all hell broke loose today. <laughs> we're, we're doing this on Thursday. Because all the teams and the, the people in charge of scheduling are trying to figure out their schedules right now because they had all these games scheduled from the 10th to the 24th, and those are all gone. And all these events that were supposed to happen in that time, whether it was uh, Champions Classic, which is uh, supposed to be in Chicago this year, Michigan State Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, that was going to be November 10th. You had uh, uh, Myrtle Beach, Charleston, Orlando, all these events – that were scheduled um, that now ESPN, the ESPN owned ones, they're trying to get a bubble in, in Disney where, where the NBA is right now. They're trying to do it in, uh, in late November mm-hmm. and early December for about a two week period. Um, and then hall of fame up here in our neck of the woods in Connecticut, they're going to try to do something at Mohegan sun where they're going to try to bring in like 20 teams. So everybody right now is trying to figure it out. It is a, as more than one uh, assistant coach who's dealing with scheduling has put it to me, it is a complete shit show right now. My favorite, uh, my favorite uh, aspect of what I've been hearing is that the uh, battle for Atlantis may be waged in South Dakota. Yes. That's where it's headed right now, at the Pentagon. The Pentagon Which in I, South Dakota. I think it's hilarious. 
right but, now that yeah. that's the plan. But the big question within the industry right now is, is first of all, coach K doesn't really want to play non-conference games. Okay. He wants to start with conference yeah. games in January, unless something's changed in the last week or so. That's yeah. his stance on the ACC calls. So does he even think about this? Okay. Will coach K go to South Dakota and play in, in, in the, uh, in, in, in the deal that was, again, supposed to be uh, down in the Atlantis. And then from there, go to the bubble in Orlando to play Champions Classic uh, and maybe some other games that they have. Is he going to be okay with that? Uh, and, and the other part of all this, Bob, is like the teams, for instance, like UMass is supposed to play in uh, – hold on, I'm going to tell you in one mm. second. Like, uh, in something down in Florida, I, I forget which one it is. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, no, in Jamaica, but they're going to move it to Florida. It's a Jamaica classic. They're moving it to Florida. Well, if UMass goes to Florida and plays in this event and they come back here, they've got a quarantine for 14 days. They can't play any games for those next 14 days. Oh. That's the problem with so many. So that's why it's a shit show right now because of the, the restrictions if they go to Orlando, any team that goes to Orlando for the bubble comes back to certain states, you can't play for two weeks. That takes a lot of game. It almost means you got to play all your non-conference games in Orlando down in the bubble, which ESPN can probably handle. They're going to have 40 or 50 teams down there. You can figure out other games while you're down there. Um, but, again, the good news is we've got a start date. Uh, and the even better news was, honestly, Big Ten football is back because yeah. – um, Before we close, I yeah. want to give you a food for thought thing here. Okay. LeBron James has just been named first team all league, 13th time record. He's, he's been first, second, or third 16 times. It's, it's mind-blowing. Here's my point. And it, I, it just occurred to me sometime last year, in the history of basketball, how many guys who were super ballyhooed high school, you know, just – the the actually fulfilled the destiny as opposed to the great great players in the nba who came from farther back my theory is that the you don't even need much more than that to count the number of guys who were the ballyhooed people to completely fulfill the destiny wilt did back in the 50s kareem certainly did okay uh Larry and Magic were, were not those in that category. Larry had doubters. Uh, Michael was a North Carolina-only phenomenon, was not a national star. Especially you know. in high school. Especially okay. In high school. He, he wound up being the third pick in the NBA draft. And we'll never forget that. Whether, all right. point, point being, but LeBron James has fulfilled his destiny in a way that very few of the, that level of ballyhooed of guys ever have, you know. And just don't – so my point is, everybody, whether you think he's the GOAT or not, do not take him for granted. No, the pressure pressure he's had to deal with, especially in this day and age compared to Will, right? It's totally different. He's dealing with social media. uh, He's dealing with everywhere he goes. And you're right. I mean, to do what he's done with the pressure on him since he was 15 years old. Yeah. On the cover of – I'll tell you, one other guy – that was fell short of that level, but he became a Hall of Fame player yep. and a great college player, one of the handful of greatest college players. If you're going to have a top 10 all time, I think he belongs in there. 
but it didn't go all the way to become an all-time NBA great. It was Jerry Lucas. You have to research. I grew up, you know, I mean, I mean well remember his recruitment, his status in Ohio basketball in, in America in the 50s was awesome. Uh, Middletown, Ohio. Uh, you know, he, and he became a great, great player at Ohio State. And, you know, a, a one-time champion, a three-time NCAA finalist and all that. Um, trying to think who else is, in any but, sport. Who else in any sport? Well, basketball gets you the most high school publicity, though. You know, I mean, even a great – let's face it. Somewhere out there is a great high school football player in Philly. You know, yeah. they don't get that kind of attention no. No, nationally that a, that a basketball, particularly in the era of ESPN. I remember, you know, when LeBron – when they're putting those games on TV, you know, I was railing. I said, I'm not going to watch. And I did. I said, I refuse to watch these games. I said, I've seen every great player the last 50 years. I can wait. And I did wait. And guess what? He was worth the wait. Okay. And ultimate can't miss. Like, I I just remember seeing him. I mean, I saw him so many times in high school and AU. And and just every time you saw him, you were like, there's just no way this kid can miss. He's got everything other than, yeah, he's not a great shooter. shooter. Right. He was never a great shooter. Still isn't a great shooter, but he can just impact the game in so many different ways. And the other part with LeBron is you just felt like his maturity. His IQ, not only on the court, but off the court, was so much higher than most people's. Like, he, he could just handle it. He could just, yeah. you know, like, you just have this, this sense about him that he could absolutely handle um, anything that kind of came his way. So, you're right. I mean, listen, not many guys could do it under the circumstances he's done it to not only live up to the hype, but exceed the hype. Yeah, that, exactly. Well, that, you don't need more than that. And, and think about it. if you can find another one that fits in the category of Wilt, Kareem, and him, I'd like to know because, yeah, uh, right. you know, because you're, you're, you think about all the great Ballyhood High School players of, of the last yep. 30 years. Yep. Great Ballyhood High School. He was the most Ballyhood of them all. Not even close. 15, uh, you know, and, and, and he's fulfilled everything. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, listen, um, there'll be plenty more to talk about. I'm oh, sure. we got a lot. It's going to be great. The, the, the uh, NBA is going to provide. The, we'll be providing. Oh, absolutely. We've got a lot. We're, we're doing fine. It's just yeah, no. fu- funny to look back two months ago and, you know, we had now there's so much going on, you know. We were talking to, you know, Pat Connaughton from his, uh, whatever, yeah. from his apartment, you know, building where he couldn't, uh, he couldn't even dribble a basketball at that point. I right? know. And Taco. Taco. We had Taco. Yeah, we've had, we've had some good ones. We, we still need to do the – once Duncan uh, gets back to Massachusetts, we need to try to figure out a way to get you, me, Duncan, Connaughton, George Niang somehow yeah. together for like a, a podcast here, uh, maybe in, in, in October. We'll, All we'll right. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks, Bob. We'll talk You're soon. Welcome. You Bye. got it.